Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So thrilled to be able to be bringing the Word of God to you tonight on a subject that's very close to my heart, and that is the gift of prophecy. And very excited, I'm going to be sharing this Sunday night and next Sunday night on a two-part series on the gift of prophecy. Been very excited, has been delving into the Word of God and um, got some amazing things to be able to share with you. So next week is actually going to be really practical. And we've got a real heart in our church to see more and more people activated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there's going to be a very special time in our service next Sunday night to be imparting to people the gift of prophecy, people who believe that that's something that God is challenging you in at the moment. So as we go through the message tonight, I'd love you to be praying and lifting that up to the Lord. Lord, is that me? Is that something that you want to lead me in so that when you come next Sunday night, you come prepared for an impartation of the power of God? A lot of the gifts of the Spirit are more caught than they're taught. They're not something that can be analyzed and then apply a theory to. But as I was preparing the message, really felt the Lord laying on my heart that He wants His people to understand what it is, understand what prophecy is, so that when we're launched, we're launched strong. So that when we're launched, we've got a foundation in the Word of God and in these eternal truths. Prophecy, such an amazing thing. And throughout all the ages, we can see that prophecy has been on the earth. We see the prophets of old who have brought amazingly clear direction and predictions about the future. We can see the Old Testament records 300 predictions alone about Jesus the Messiah, which include 48 specific details about his life, death, and resurrection. Prophecy was also a powerful part of the New Testament church in seeing the outpouring of God establishing His church on the earth. Tonight we're going to be talking about what is the relevance of prophecy. Is prophecy this ancient idea, this ancient supernatural phenomenon? Is it something that's relevant today? And if so, why? So to be able to answer that question, we're going to be unpacking what prophecy is, what prophecy is not, and then go on a journey together to understand the purpose and the power of prophecy. Prophecy is one of those things which isn't easily understood or explained. And you know, there's a lot of different conflicting religions in the world today that portray different ideas of what prophecy is. You know, there's popular movies, one that I particularly like, called The Matrix, which has this oracle in it with the prophecy. But that idea in that movie is not actually what a prophecy is according to God's word. So it can be very easily confused, can be very easily misunderstood. But we know that God has given us a clear picture through the Bible. And do we believe that the Bible is the absolute truth? Yes, we do. And if you've got doubts about that tonight, I just want to encourage you that over the coming weeks, we're going to actually be talking about why we believe the Bible as absolute truth. And we're going to be bringing in what's called Christian apologetics, which is actually explaining the historical um, significance there, um, which is a great key as well in our generation to be able to reach out for those who 
don't come to church, might not be exposed to the Bible, to be able to understand that we're not just mindlessly following this thing, that the Word of God is the truth, that it is alive, that it's actually historically proven and the truth as well. So the Word of God is always our guide. It always brings clarity and there's no need to be confused about anything because we have the answers to life from our God through His Word. So we look at the meaning of prophecy, Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament is Debar Yehovah. Didn't put it on the screen because I really didn't think I was going to be able to pull that off. But anyway, it sounds worse if I'm just saying it because then you've got nothing to read. But basically, the Old Testament translation means the word of Yehovah. So that's the word of the Most High God. That's what prophecy means. Old Testament, if we look at the New Testament, goes a bit deeper as it often does. The Greek word prophetia means the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth. So we can see that the definition of prophecy is that it is supernatural. There is something supernatural in prophecy. In fact, we can define prophecy is that it is a message from God sent from heaven to earth through a person. Wow. God can use human beings to communicate on this earth through prophecy. Isn't that an amazing idea? God can use you and me. In 2 Peter verse 1, verses 20 to 21 says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. We see true prophecy comes from the Holy Spirit. It is not of human construct or origin. Supernatural. Okay, so to understand what prophecy is, we have to fully understand it by understanding what it also is not. So let's see what the word says about it. If prophecy is a spoken word by a human, it can actually have three possible origins. It can have a human origin. It can have an origin from God the Holy Spirit, or it can have an origin from the enemy. So if someone's speaking out a word that they call a word from God or they call a prophecy, how do we know? How do we know if where it's come from? How do we know it's true prophecy from the Holy Spirit? Deuteronomy 18 verse 10 to 12 says, And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth spirits of the dead. Anyone who does those things is detestable to the Lord. Now we can see that and see that in our society today, we can see a lot of alternate religions. We can actually see things. They might not be called witchcraft, but we look at things like star signs. We look at things like tarot cards, psychic predictions. They call it prophecy coming from the psychic. But the Bible teaches us that those things are not prophecy. Those things have the source in the other kingdom. So there's two supernatural invisible kingdoms on the earth. There's the kingdom of light and there's the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness, the Bible says, can actually appear as an angel of light. So what the enemy does is he, is he counterfeits things. 
in order to confuse and deceive. In 1 John 4, verse 1 to 3, John says, Dear friends, I do not believe everyone, sorry, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know that they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. With the spread of New Age religion across the earth, there's this new idea which is kind of like a culmination of all the different religions which teaches people that all religions lead to the same God. It teaches that there is this higher power, that there's the power out there of the universe, which if you throw things out there, the universe throws things back. And it's a counterfeit of prayer. And, you know, I've, I've got quite a few friends who are new age and I've got great relationships with them. I want to understand what they believe, how they think, so that I can reach them. And I don't know if you've got friends in that kind of belief system or maybe you're one of those people tonight who thinks that way. But when somebody believes that all religions lead to the same God, then there's no need for them to be saved. There's no need for them to seek a saviour, you know, because everything's just leading to God. And, you know, we can see the trend and this belief system taking place. And the Bible actually describes that there. And so, you know, sometimes these people can, can have an appearance of having a relationship with God and they'll say to you, oh, it's the same God that you have. But see, if they're not acknowledging Jesus as God, if they're not acknowledging that Jesus came in the flesh and died for our sins and rose again, then it's not true prophecy. What they're speaking is not from God. Is that annoying everybody? Oh, I thought I'd talk loud enough you'd be able to hear me. But our movement, INC, which was previously called Christian Outreach Center, was birthed in revival. And so coming to church on Sunday, we saw people saved, people healed, people delivered every single service. That was normal. That was church. Sometimes there'd be these amazing outpourings of God where the Holy Spirit hit us in such an unpredictable way. There were times where we couldn't stop laughing. And this holy laughter just came and saturated us. And it was just the most amazing thing. And we sort of took that for granted. And we saw these amazing outpourings and manifestations of God. And I know for myself, when I got hit by the Holy Spirit and couldn't stop laughing, I'd started by crying because I was very depressed at the time. And I was crying. And then all of a sudden, my crying turned into laughing uncontrollably and it was so bad we were at youth at the time and it was so bad that I literally had to be carried by two guys to the car and I was so worried what my mum was going to say they came and they brought me in and said oh we didn't do this to her so just left me on the carpet and it was the most incredible thing and we see that in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out that the people thought that they were drunk at the time. You know, so we've seen amazing outpourings of God. But I've also seen many wacky things, dumb things, 
things that were not of God. I've seen times where humans try to fabricate a move of God. You know, they might see someone laughing beside them and that person is literally having an encounter with heaven and God's pouring out his spirit and healing that person through joy. But then they decide that they want it too, but it's not actually God operating. And so they just start laughing to carry on like the next person. And, and I've seen some wacky things and I've seen some wacky prophecy. I've had some wacky prophecy, some very strange things said. And um, it's very important that we don't base our Christian life on experiences, that we base our life, Christian life, on the Word of God and on our relationship with Jesus. And um, I'm very glad about that. Um, And what happens is the Holy Spirit wants to move. But what the enemy does is he comes along and counterfeits that moving in order to turn people off. So he actually poses as the Holy Spirit and does all of these wacky things, which then turns people off and say, I don't want that. I don't want that if that's what the Holy Spirit is. And I just want to encourage you tonight, if you've had a bad past experience, don't let it stop you walking in the fullness of what God has for your life. So how do I know if a word is from God of prophecy? Well, the first one is that it must line up with the word of God. That's the first measuring stick that we have with measuring prophecy. I remember... um, there was a time where there was this couple and one was married to one person, one was married to another and they started a relationship in adultery and they were, pray- they were all Christians. And they were praying, Lord, if we're meant to be together, if we're meant to leave our marriage partners and come together and get married, we pray that you would give us a word. So they went to a church where nobody knew them. Pastor made the mistake of assuming that they were married when they're actually having an affair, they, the pastor called them out and prophesied over their future together. That prophecy was not from God because it did not line up with the Word of God because the Bible is very clear about adultery. So the first thing, measuring stick, does the prophecy line up with the Word of God? In Deuteronomy 18, verse 21 and 22, it says this, But you may wonder... How will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. So the second area we can see in a measuring stick and being able to test if a prophecy is from God is if it's true. Now, sometimes we don't know if it's true. Sometimes it's a prediction about the future. I had one of those wacky prophecies over me when I was 10. And some leader in the church, who will remain nameless, prophesied over me, saying that I would turn out very promiscuous and be pregnant by the time I was 18. Nice prophecy to get when you're 10 years old. That's what I mean. I've had wacky experiences. So that obviously wasn't from God because it didn't come true. And little Susie Fetter, who had a bit of iron in her spine back then, just said, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. And um, yeah, praise God, that was the truth. But I also had an auntie who um, believed in me and really spoke into my life, which I'm going to share a little bit about 
a bit later. That's the second thing. Test if it's true. Matthew 7 verse 15 to 20 says, this is Jesus speaking on the mount. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So Jesus has taught us a very important key there in discerning prophecy. Who is saying that prophecy? Is it coming from a godly source? How do you know if it's a godly source? By the fruit from that person's life. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We can test if a word is from God as if it lines up with the fruit of the Spirit. And I find this as if you receive a word from God from somebody, if you're not at peace within your heart, it's usually not from God. God is always peace. And it doesn't mean that we don't feel challenged. Sometimes we get a word that challenges us, but in your heart, because the Holy Spirit resides within us, we get a witness in our spirit. So number four, we know if it's from God is if it produces the fruit of the Spirit. There's an inner knowing. And you know, if you're not sure if something's from God or not, sometimes we need to just shelve that prophecy. I remember when I was 17, I got a prophecy that I was going to be a missionary and travel overseas. And it was all this very exuberant prophecy, but I'm just standing there going, I don't think that's right, but I'm not going to reject that word, Lord. I'm just going to take that. I'm going to surrender it to you and shelve that. And it didn't come true because obviously I'm not a missionary. But um, who knows? Maybe when I'm 50 or 60, God could have plans for then. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1 says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So the other thing, and you don't need to ask for confirmation from every word from God, but certainly for words of God that where you're seeking for direction in your life, like if there's a big change or if it's about getting married or, you know, those big decisions in our life, it's good to ask for confirmation. I, lo I asked for lots of confirmation about whether I should marry Ian and God humored me and I got lots of words from God. So that was awesome. And they were right. See, that came true. He's the best husband ever. So what is the, relevant the relevance of prophecy? And, um, you know, like I've shared, I've had some bad prophecies. That was the worst one. I had to share the worst one tonight because I could. Um, but, you know, they, they could have had a very negative impact on me. But they didn't because my faith was never in the prophecy. My faith was always in Jesus. And if I'm praying to him daily and walking in right relationship with him, we learn to know his voice and his leading. But, you know, it's amazing when God does speak, when the prophecy does come true, when there's this incredible power, it's amazing what that prophecy can do in our lives. And I know that as a teenager, I received more prophecies in that season of my life than in any other time of my life. And I am thankful because I was very 
dysfunctional, in a dysfunctional home, very, very vulnerable. And who knows that at different times in our life, sometimes we're walking through a crisis, sometimes we can't hear God ourselves. Sometimes the emotions get in the way. And this is where prophecy is so important. And I love what Pastor Shane teaches, that prophecy needs to be edifying, exhorting, or encouraging. And if it's not those three things, then you shouldn't share it. And I just think that that's an awesome, awesome key for us to follow. Prophecy, when it comes from God, has a profound impact on our life. I remember when I, my parents had just divorced and I was um, going through a lot of trauma and I always had my auntie Dot there and she had an amazing gift of prophecy on her life. And I remember that she sat there with me on the bed and she said, she used to get these amazing words. God would wake her up in the middle of the night with these, you know, she had this amazing gift of prophecy. He'd wake up in the middle of the night and give her this word. And one of the words was this. I was about 13 at the time and she said, Susie, the Lord's going to raise you up as a great oak and all these people are going to come that are broken and hurting and need someone to bring strength and you're going to be there and you're going to be there. Your branches are going to go out and people are going to come and they're going to take refuge under your branches. And at the time I was 13 and busted up and a mess. But God saw past that and that prophecy stuck with me all of my days and that is exactly what God has done in my life and now I'm able to be there for broken people. And there's another story of year 12, the boyfriend, Annie Dot and the superglue. Can you hear that one? And uh, I was in year 12, I was facing a lot of depression and anxiety I was very stressed about the HSC and I was in this relationship that was not from God it was with one of the boys in the church but it just wasn't from God and but I thought it was and I was persevering and my mum said Susie he's not for you and I'm like you don't understand me you don't know me at all and she was right I'm gonna listen to my mum but thankfully I'd listen to Auntie Dot anyway so Auntie Dot rings me Susie the Lord has woken me up in the middle of the night with a word from God for you. And I was really struggling to hear God at this time. I was really depressed. And there's Auntie Dot on the phone. And she said, the Lord showed me a vision of you. And you are crossing over a river of superglue. And every time you try and put out one hand to free yourself, the other hand gets stuck. And do you know that prophetic word? was so real and it explained things so well to me that that set me free from that relationship that I was in. And who knows where my life would be today if it wasn't for that prophecy, if it wasn't for my auntie being obedient in praying to God for me and being able to reach out for me and set me free. That's what prophecy has the power to do. I had a very, very low self-esteem and I had such a low self-esteem that I thought that I was never going to get married and no one would ever have me, which was bad. And I, I got called out by this American prophet in church one day and he said to me very clearly, he said, don't let the enemy bring Ishmael for I will bring my Isaac in due season. It was this very detailed prophecy. Anyway... 
when Ian and I started becoming friends, I'm like, he's Isaac. So I get out the cassette, because we had cassettes back then, you know. <laughs> so old. Oh, my gosh. And I played this prophecy for Ian. Now, we weren't actually dating yet. He could have ran a mile. And if I was Ian, I probably would have. But that prophecy guided me in these really important decisions because, see, I couldn't hear God. I was messed up. I needed prophecy. So let's have a look at the relevance of prophecy just in starting to conclude tonight. The first thing prophecy can do is it can bring encouragement, edification and exhortation. Prophecy can lift you up. Prophecy can set you on your feet. Number two, it can confirm something you're praying about and bring direction into your life. Prophecy can guide you. Number two, it can set you on your path. Number three, it can break the power of obstacles that are preventing you from fulfilling your destiny. Number three, it can set you free from oppression. It can release the gifts God has designed for you. Prophecy can set you ablaze for His glory. Prophecy is powerful. Prophecy has a way of being able to communicate from heaven right to you. A word from your heavenly Father who loves you, who has a plan for your life, who has a destiny for your life. It is such a powerful thing, the gift of prophecy. It's no wonder the enemy wants to pollute it because he knows how powerful it is. We're going to continue next week, but just as we start to wrap up tonight, we're going to look at who can prophesy. What does the Bible say about who can prophesy? In Acts chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. The sons and daughters of God, young and old, will prophesy. Do you know what that means? God can use you to send his message from heaven to earth to transform lives. God loves his people. He wants to use us. He wants to pour out his spirit. And that's part one. We're going to be talking about how to develop and cultivate the gift of prophecy next week. So that's kind of a lead-in for what God's really wanting to do. But really believe it's important that we understand what it is so that we've got the healthy foundation. And I know there are people here tonight who have had, like me, bad experience in the past. And that can taint your ability to receive. And I believe God's going to give you breakthrough tonight. There's also people here who want to flow in the gift of prophecy, but you just don't know how. And God's going to lead you on that path going forward in learning to develop that gift. That's wonderful. Isn't it amazing? We're humans. We've got flaws. We stuff up. We have limitations. But God still loves us. 
And each one of us here in this place, the Bible says he would not desire that any of us would perish. But as we believe, we can have eternal life. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. When you come to Jesus and you ask Him to become Lord and Savior, when you allow the power of His Holy Spirit to come and dwell on the inside of you, you can have a connection to heaven. And Jesus did this so that we would have eternal life. The Bible says that the road to destruction is broad. But narrow is the road that leads to life, and they are few who find it. You see, the reality today is there is a world out there of people who are just cruising for destruction. They're cruising for an eternity without God. There is a place where people go who don't choose God. And that place is very real, and it's called hell. The Bible talks about that. It's a place of gnashing of teeth. And the Lord doesn't want anybody to go there. Narrow is the road that leads to life. It's a life of commitment. It's a life of sacrifice. But it is the most fulfilling life that can possibly be lived. Let's bow our heads tonight and pray. Love to have the keyboard come tonight. Lord, we thank you that though each one of us was born into a nature of sin, Lord, and rebelled against you and disobeyed you, Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you made a way for us to be brought back into right standing with you. We thank you, Jesus, that the good news is that you came and died as a human and were raised to life, that you are God, that you did this so that we will have eternal life with you that we can live in paradise with you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're giving each person the opportunity to receive this promise, to be born again into new life and to be adopted as sons and daughters of God. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, what do you need to do? You need to believe and receive to make a commitment to follow him. And if that's you tonight, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place tonight to say, yes, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to receive this Holy Spirit that I've heard about tonight that can come in and dwell within me, this Spirit of God from heaven who can link me to my Holy Father. Is there anyone here tonight like that that would like to make that decision to follow Christ tonight? Love you to raise your hand in this place tonight. There's room for you. God has created you with a purpose and a destiny. And as we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit as we believe in Jesus. Is there anyone here like that tonight? Anyone here in this place? Just lift up your hand tonight. We're all going to pray a prayer together tonight in response to the awesome good news of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I have sinned against you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that God raised you from the dead 
and confess today that you, Jesus Christ, are Lord of my life. I thank you, Jesus, for Holy Spirit, who now lives in me. I accept you as my Saviour, Jesus, and commit to follow you as your disciple from this day forward. Amen. Amen. You look up. Love to have the worship team come up tonight and lead us in one more song. Love you to stand to your feet tonight. We're going to celebrate. If you would like ministry or prayer for anything afterwards, please feel free to come down. And I encourage you tonight, if you didn't raise your hand, but you've prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, come and see myself or one of the other leaders tonight. We would love to talk with you and get to know you more. That's wonderful.